0: do as the best I can and that's encompassing so many other factors in life like so I, I would be able to do a better illustration if I decided not to go for a walk in the evening but yeah. I really need to go for a walk yeah. in the evening if I want to be good to my knees you know what I mean yeah. so like you calculate all those things and you do what you need to do and I think I think that's and, I, and now this is going to sound a little philosophical in a way for at least for me for my work it, it encompasses my whole life like yeah. drawing is Part of this big picture of like my life and being happy in life because I know if I have to be the best illustrator I can draw the entire day and become really good and like you know achieve that but that's not going to make me like stunningly happy because everything else is going to suffer so I mean and this is such a personal thing but for me that's so important because my initial thing was never I want to be the best illustrator in the world mine was always like I just want to be happy and so I literally do things that make that happen
1: Hello lovely boys and girls, Udain here and I am so excited generally in life and also for two very specific reasons firstly today I'm releasing my conversation with Alicia Souza one of India's most loved illustrators I think her Facebook and Instagram feeds are responsible for releasing a lot of dopamine and serotonin in our brains and secondly because it's also my birthday today so I'm doubly excited to bring to you my conversation with Alicia. She was extremely fun to talk to and we spoke about a bunch of things like her decision-making process, her success, failures, her love for stickers, then Alicia's creative process, how she believes creativity should be scheduled and a step-by-step manual for illustrators who are starting off. We spoke about many other things, including Alicia's two adorable pets, Henry Oates and Charlie. There are so many gems from this interview that can be taken away. And I hope you find a lot of value in our conversation. So without further ado now, listen into our conversation. I've I've done things about you that you probably had written about five years back.
0: I'm very embarrassed
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) already. I'm going to ask you questions regarding that. Okay, let's hope for the best. hope yeah. for the best. So, Alicia, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. It is a very big honor to have you. You're very sweet. And I'm extremely <laughs> thrilled to be here because, yeah, because when I first thought of starting the podcast and uh, when I eventually started it a couple of months back, I knew that you, I wanted you to be one of the first guests <laughs> on it because... I really admire all the work that thank you do. So. That's very,
0: sweet. thank I, you so much. On behalf of everyone who
1: is a big admirer of your work, thank you so much. Hi. Yes. So you had written about this on your blog, yeah. I think about <laughs> four or five years back. Okay. And it was about this first memory that you had of ever drawing. Yes. And if I'm not wrong, it was a red scooter that you had drawn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> With a piece of chalk. Yes. On your mother's wooden cupboard. Yes. And to add to that, <laughs> if that itself didn't yeah. get her angry, yeah. she was sleeping.
0: Yes. Oh and my god, I write this much about it. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. And
1: you woke her up because you were feeling very proud and happy that you were drawing something. Yes. So, I, first of all, how old were you then?
0: I was uh, under three. I think I was three I think I would, would have been three, because I know I had not started school. Um, I mean, kindergarten, I've not, I've not started learning to write the alphabet. Um, and I know this because I wanted to write the next day, like a few days. I don't know, my <laughs> timeline would be crappy, but I was going to, I was writing something and I gonna write like, say, a scooter. And I was asking my sister, it's really weird, yeah. how to spell a. And okay. she's like, a. And I was like, what? What? How? how in all, I, yeah, okay. I just couldn't understand what uh, would be an alpha. It just didn't make sense. So I remember it was around that age. Yeah. That was the earliest memory of drawing. And I'm pretty sure the scooter did not look like a scooter. It probably was just like junk. Or maybe I just drew circles and thought they were weird. I thought it was amazing because my mind would have, you know, made this look like. So. But if I couldn't write, there's no possible this for a scooter. So yeah. So
1: right from the moment you were able to hold something in your hand, you. Yeah, I think
0: all kids do though. Like, um, and I keep saying this a lot. Like, I, I always say that it's for me, especially. I was not one of those artsy kids. I just drew as much as like every kid. Like you know, drew. I was always taken to it. Like I remember always being attracted to images. Maybe more so than uh, other kids, but in terms of how much I did it, it was not more um, or less than like the average child.
1: And, and that, that's where I was going, sort of, with this yeah. uh, first memory of yeah. yours. I wanted to ask you if it was an integral drawing or art was an integral part of growing up for you. Hmm.
0: No, not at all.
1: Not at all. At, at wow. all. Like,
0: and it's so, that's what I'm saying, it's wow. so Get weird. Over. Yeah, okay, so I grew up thinking I was going to be anything but an artist, okay? Like, it just sounded a horrible and I, I said this before so like uh, the only word I heard when someone said artist was with the word starving proceeding yeah. so it was always starving artists. no one's a starving yeah. artist and I was, born, I was born brought up in Abu Dhabi hmm. where everyone just had a regular job so I assume that's what people do when you grow up like, I have a regular job or you get to pick Fancy jobs which like, you know, you become a doctor or whatever. You like.
1: the world. Yeah, like <laughs> those kind case. of things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought I was going to become a veterinarian for most of my life. Yeah. Like, I was just so sure I was going to be a vet until, like, then the time came to pick subjects and I was like, nah. And then I just thought I'd do a regular, job. like, I want to be an accountant because, unlike most, like, I loved math. Like, I loved it, like, with a vengeance. So it was just the bizarre that this turn of fate happened. And, um, even things like when I took up graphic designers, as what well as I studied at university, like when I started doing it, the last thing in the world I wanted to do was freelance because that sounded horrible. Like who wants to be on their own the whole time? But then that was like the best thing. So I feel like everything that I thought I wouldn't do like happened in a way. Um, yeah, but it's been good. <laughs> Cause you also
1: mentioned once that you wanted a 9-to-5 job. So
0: that yeah, it, that's truly because my parents had a 9-to-5 job and like mm-hmm. everyone we knew had a 9-to-5 job. But like, I did not know. <laughs> I could not think of anyone. To. I think I was like in the 11th and 12th grade when we knew my family friend had started a business but not really started a business mm-hmm. kind of like. But I did not know anyone who started a business. So I, d- I didn't know mm-hmm. people do that. I thought that these odd, odd people who we don't know. Like you know how... I don't know. I think as a child, it was just so far-fetched for me to like start something of your own because <laughs> no one does that. But that had
1: crossed your mind at some point.
0: Never uh, wanted to start something. Never one. at all. Never. Like, wow. I... Yeah, like, I, when I was young, I thought I wanted to be the world's biggest sticker collector. I kid you not. I wanted to be the world's biggest sticker collector. And, um, sticker collector? Sticker. Sticker. Yeah, sticker. I freaking love stickers. Wow. Like, I okay. love... Like, I still kind of love it. Okay. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> I love stickers so much but it never crossed my mind that I can make, make stickers, stickers yeah. that is bizar- so like now when I think back and I'm like how happy like how insane my, my mind would have blown if I thought yeah. <laughs> I could look into the future and think that I can make stickers as an adult yeah. that would be insane so, um, yeah, so, like, it's...
1: How, how old were you when you thought of making stickers? or uh, How old were you, sorry, when you thought of uh, I being fascinated stickers. by stickers? Oh, box?
0: my God, I love stickers my entire life. I think this is because when I was really young, I I had, we had a nanny uh, only for, I think, till I went to kindergarten first, junior kg, which is uh 4th I'm not mistaken. So, I had a for only, like, four years or so. But every time I was sad, she'd give, give me stickers, and these are the free stickers you get with shit, like... Yeah. Um, I love those stickers like I collected I still have some of them that's how insane like and then since then it's because it was a prize for me like something that makes you happy It always was the case of it made me happy and then when I grew older it didn't stop which is very weird because (laughs) afterwards everyone like as a teenager they're just like you want stickers like that is just weird but I was absolutely drawn to not not even the shiny one just the fact that you could stick it on stuff I don't know why I love it. I still love it.
1: And where do you stick all of these stickers? I don't. The thing
0: about sticker collectors is you don't <laughs> stick them, you save them. Okay. But I stop now. I stop now because now I can make my own. And now I do use them. Mm-hmm. Before I thought it was blasphemy if someone would like Why <laughs> would you use just are you're only allowed I had like these rules like you can only use a sticker if it was crap or if if you had a duplicate of it. And I'd make... This is really bad. I used to make kids from my class bring their entire sticker... And people would have, like, you know, three or four packs just because they have it or something. I'd make them bring it and I'd trade with them. But they wouldn't know, at least in my mind, the value of good stickers. (laughs) It was just bizarre. And I used to know these brand names. And then when the internet came along, I sound like an old woman because the internet (laughs) came along very late. I used I remember Googling... One of the first few things I Googled was stickers... And then I saw the world's biggest sticker collector. And that's when I was like, I'm going to be the world's biggest sticker. Oh, no. And it was this old couple who had like a room full of stickers. And, how,
1: and how, far are you, how far away are you from being the world? Oh, I'm not, I, do,
0: I don't collect stickers anymore. Okay. But I still get, every time I see a, like packs of stickers, I'm immediately drawn and I like pick up some and stuff like that. Like I've just spent a good chunk of my... Uh, pocket money on stickers. like it was a, it was a big deal for me like stickers were a big deal
1: yeah so, so, so you mentioned something at the start about how you were always drawn to images right. when yeah. you were growing up yes. so can you tell me more about that because somewhere the subconscious yeah. mind somewhere yeah. back there there so. are, Entire prospect of being an illustrator will yeah. being brewing, which yes. eventually
0: blossomed later. Probably. So I, I remember I remember this specifically. There's this uh, we had only we didn't have too many books growing up, but we had this one set we had like two sets of encyclopedia, and one of them had more images than the other. Okay. One was the bigger forgot the name of it. It's kinda of like a lexicon, but it was not. Um and the second one was M, I forgot the name, of, uh, Macmillan, Macmillan, Mac- Macmillan, Macmillan, Macmillan yeah, yeah, Macmillan, what am I saying, uh, Macmillan had a set of like, it's not, ch- it's for children, okay, so it was really thing and it was definitely more colorful and more illustrated, so the illustrations were not um, technical, like so the the bigger encyclopedia, which we used to call, was what my brother would read, <laughs> but it was really boring, uh, but the little ones were like, uh, the topics were like beach, and you know, prehistoric, like cute subjects. So for kids, I remember the beach one specifically. Had this picture of um, a beach scene. It was just an illustrated big picture. Of a, it's it's a spread of a beach, and the it was populated with like people of uh, drawings of people doing different things. So there was one kid crying because her ice cream fell down, and that image is stuck in my mind so hard. I I don't know why. Like that that image. I used to open that book hundred times just to look at that one picture, which is mad. Wow. Um, and the, I still have the encyclopedias because of literally that mm-hmm. page. So I don't know that, and that because, and I I used to always be drawn to picture books. Like even as I grew older, and like not so much books in general, but like mostly picture books. And yeah, I don't know. It's just it just it's just fascinating. And it's and then I realize it's like. And this is only, you can only do this as you grow older and you d- look back and you're like, oh, oh I yeah. always kind of did like, so I was always drawn to really colourful pictures and really drawn to funny pictures and yeah. cartoony pictures. So they wow. were not that like. Kind of
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that of up. Exactly yeah,
0: exactly. And, and now when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of always did like those kind of like cutesy ones or, and that's why stickers also, I guess, is always in the same line. It's never like dark, it's never um technical and yeah. stuff like that. Those things never really interested me as mm-hmm. much, so. Yeah, and that's why I guess.
1: (laughs) And at any point of time, did you look at these images and try to draw them as well? Oh,
0: yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, but again, like just as like any other kid, like mm -hmm. you draw what you like thing and stuff. I used to remember collecting Garfield from the newspaper, the strips. I remember when I used to cut them out. And that's when I said, like, I never want to be a freelancer because my thing was like, how can someone draw every day? That's mad. Like, how do you come up with an idea every really? day? And I thought I was psychotic and the worst... Sounded like the worst job, but... It sounded like he was a genius, like... Uh, that he drew a comic every day. Even though, currently, so I draw things, yeah. every day, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I remember collecting and I had a file of... I was always, until now, I'm very big on organizing. <laughs> so I used to organize all these strips and, like, put them together. And same with the same organized yeah. stickers yeah. and specific... Um, so, yeah, I mean... So I actually thought at one point I'd be a very good secretary. So I, I was not, it was not what I was collecting. It was what I was doing with the collection that I thought I was really good at. Yeah. But yeah.
1: yeah to, to bring back the discussion on stickers.
0: Yeah. Which is... I love that we're talking about stickers. because I never get to talk about this. Like.
1: <laughs> which has been the craziest sticker that you've collected?
2: Hmm...
0: I remember being really taken... I'm not looked at my... I still have my old sticker collection. I've not looked at
1: it still, but
0: I'm not looked looking for a while. Maybe I think I
1: mean, tonight
0: you're going to open it. Yeah, I I, will. I, I, I know exactly where it is. Yeah. I don't open it because then I get... Like, you get that crazy rush, that the same rush when you yeah. have the child. So I don't look at it as much because then it will go away. So I only do it very rarely. Um, I remember there was this 3D horse... Um, oh, okay. i remember this specifically because i put it on the cover on as soon as you open the file it was a file mind you i didn't even have a book because no book could hold the number of stickers i had and um i uh and it was a, it was four horses it's four horses and it's it's so crappy now when i think about it. and you get it every you probably get it on the road now uh but it was that 3d one you can move um what's the word for it i forgot the word for it um Jeez, anyway, you move it and it's got like a three-dimensional kind of feel and I thought it was amazing. And four stickers came together and I cut it and I said I'm allowed to use only two. So I used two, probably for my best friends because they deserve good stickers. And two were left for my collection. And yeah, those were like my favorite then. Now it's probably one of the crappiest ones. (laughs) Um, And so so much so, I tell you how much, every time I got a pack of stickers, um, there's some parts which are cut out And there's some parts where there are pictures on the sticker sheet itself but they are not cut i used to cut them so i get extra stickers from the sheet itself it was it was a bit yeah it was truly (laughs) like obsession
1: uh yeah. <laughs> I'm probably gonna ask you to click a photo of this I will okay, I'll try
0: to capture I it's but, gonna look so bad. <laughs> or
1: or like a video because it's three D okay, so fine, it captures fine. I'll I'll the do that. Okay.
0: I'll get excited looking through my collection now <laughs>
1: So so while growing up you contributed to the school magazine. Yes. Then you were also involved in just making sure the school looked pretty by I think Making sure the bulletin board was yes. looking good, <laughs> yeah. maybe some backdrop that needed some yeah. work.
2: Yeah.
1: And then a teacher, an art yes. teacher, yeah. was teaching you. Yeah. said something that changed your life yes. in many ways because you, yes. that got you thinking on yes. a particular line yeah. of art. Yeah. And she said that if you don't pursue yeah. a career in art, yeah. you're going to, I think, waste yeah. your life. Yeah. Your, <laughs> you're going to waste the talent yeah. that you have. Yeah. So,
0: can you tell us about that time? Firstly, okay. when was this? How old were you? Uh, it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was 10th or 11th grade. Uh, one yeah. of the two. It was not 12th. I don't think so. Because 12th is when you pretty much, oh, maybe it was 12th. One of the three years. A- Actually, I think it's two. 11th or 12th. Now <laughs> that I think, because because I wouldn't have thought about what I'm doing in the 10th grade. Yeah. I was talking thought about it only post-12th.
1: Accountant so, was the goal. Yeah,
0: accountant role. was the goal at that point. And I was really good at math. Okay. So, mm-hmm. it was like, why would I not do it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um but, uh, so we didn't have a lot of art in school, okay? Like that, like I said, it was not even a thought that it could be a subject. But, um, and once kids stopped drawing, I was the only one still, no, I was not the only one, there were a few other girls um, who were really good, mind you, okay? So I was not one of these, I'm really good in drawing. I really wasn't. There were these girls who were really good in drawing, which is very sad now when I think about it that they didn't pursue a, uh, funny enough, one became uh, an accountant. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, um Anyway, so she was like, uh, so I remember, I think, but I was like obs- like obsessed as in like I was going to be very drawn to pictures. I remember there was this art teacher. We st- Art stopped, I think, in the ninth grade or eighth grade or something. It was really mm-hmm. But every time there was something, I should be like running the to do stuff. Yeah. And I remember once she came, at, the teacher came as a substitute and I saw her drawing and I went up to her and I was telling her how amazing it was. And then I was telling her how I noticed downstairs near the principal's office, there's a drawing. And I was talking to her about it. And then that, that, that's when she realized it was, not, it was not really my drawing, but it was my interest, so much interest in art and stuff like that. And then I was like, I really wanted want to do a cover, and then I did the cover of the school magazine. And then she told me that. Like, she took me out, if I remember. Or oh, maybe I'm making that up. But, like, I remember her clearly telling me that. But I think she said it as, like, a, you're going to waste your life if, you, if you're this thing. But for me, that was, like, you're going to uh-huh. waste your life <laughs> um, I think it became really drastic yeah. for me then um, and then I seriously considered uh, but I did not know anyone in the field like I remember we met one guy then like through my mum's family friend or something like that and then he told me about um, fine art and I really didn't like fine art he, he was a designer but he did fine art and uh, like I said I was never into like realistic mm-hmm. drawings and stuff like that Um, and so I was always scared and like when I did my first year, I remember of uni, I gave myself, I said, okay, so I'm starting, I was 17 when I went to uh, college and I remember telling myself, even Mm -hmm. if I Mm -hmm. did one year and I hated it, I'm still not too old to change my field. And that was what I gave myself, but I loved it in one year. So it was fine. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And so, so when your teacher told you this, uh, you're going to waste your life, you don't pursue a career in arts. What did you go, go back home and do the first thing, apart from meeting that family friend of yours?
0: I, I remember considering it. Uh, and so one good thing is that my parents, and I'm, this is, I truly give my parents all the credit for this, is that they never... Um, they, they never pushed us for anything, but they did not push us for anything also. Like, so they were like, and my, my dad specifically, I remember clearly he hated his job. Like, to, like, detested his job. And so, um, every, he always said, like, do what makes you happy kind of thing, okay? But he was truly the case where if I said I wanted to go, uh, you know... I want to, like, you know, sell incense sticks. I'm just looking at incense sticks now. <laughs> so, like, if I want to sell incense sticks, he like, just do it if, it, if you like it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really important because I was so unsure about, uh, like, graphic design or whatever when I started that if my parents said, I think you should go do something else, I would have done it. Like, I would have not thought twice about changing it because when you're unsure, you're just waiting for someone else to give you that, you know, uh, easier route. Yeah, so, I, and I keep telling students that, like, when when don't think that when parents tell you to do something it's like it's the harder way out. it's so much harder when you pick it and you have to make it work because you made that decision It's, it's so much harder like I struggled to make it, like I made sure I like this feel because I picked it also, yeah.
1: So this is, you're talking about graphic design here. Right? I
0: started with graphic yeah. designing, so that's, because there was no, at least when I saw there was no uh, course in illustration. Um, but
1: were you actually looking for a course on illustration? So no, a, no, no, no. I, I
0: yeah, so I remember looking online. I remember at that time, they, like there was not that much stuff on the internet. And I kid you not, I was looking up advertising because I, I, it sounded really cool and I remember reading, <laughs> I remember this so well they were like, it was on about.com, which was the only thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: information site at that, I'm like now it's insane how much stuff is on now. <laughs> and back then it was Ask Jeeves and about, I yeah, sound like I such an old lady, but um, and I remember going on about.com and they were talking about advertising and under advertising was client servicing, which is not design. And client servicing sounded nice to me because you get to, not that I was never into people like talking to people and stuff like that. Not like now, I was really shy then. And um, I remember it sounding nice. And then this guy wrote this horrible review on how um, annoying client servicing is and it was just like how he hates his life because he's in client servicing. And I'm like, God, okay, it sounds so bad. So that's when I started, I'm like, okay, other side of advertising is graphic design. It sounded more of my feel. And that's when I considered graphic but still there was not much information and that's why I said in one year I'll know whether mm-hmm. I'd like it or not. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't like it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, I mean I liked it but I didn't like it. I mean not as much as
1: illustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then you was, had an elective on illustration. Yes. That was in my final.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And fun. I loved it. Like I love my That. I don't think people are like I don't think those teachers understood how much I loved it but my all my other projects came second to my small baby elective that like I spent so much time on that elective that um I didn't give a crap about like how I did for the other ones like it just didn't make I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna do typography I don't want to do it like it just didn't make any difference to me and that's when I knew like for sure Mm. I was gonna do illustration like I was not gonna do
1: yeah. And were you uh, looking forward to the elective or was it something that just came up in the so, last semester? So, you
0: know what? No, it, so we could pick electives, I think, in the la, um, in the last two, in the last year, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that. And I remember the first time I saw it there, but I did not take it because it sounded ridiculous. I'm like, I'm going to take an elective for something like drawing. What, what do you learn for drawing? Okay, I don't know. So, the well, first time I took printmaking, which is so much fun. So, I love that. And the second time, I'm like... Uh, i'm a little embarrassed to say that i took french one time i don't even know why um i already knew like a bit of french so that was like i didn't even have to study so it was like i don't know why why am i waste time anyway so stupid i was anyway then the third time i'm like fine let me do illustration and i d- and i don't know why um sometimes when people say something just clicks that was true i remember sitting in the class it was one of the f- i think it was the first class and they were just talking about it, and suddenly everything was just like, "This is what I want to do so badly, like so badly, and I didn't know if it was possible or not I just really wanted to do it so and like my kids came up with their drawings and were talking about it, I'm like, I do it on so many <laughs> levels like I mean I never liked coning i I don't care about coning so much, but um, but this is just, just like I completely get it So I don't know I loved it yeah. mm.
1: So you had this passion That you suddenly realized That yeah. you had to that yeah. extent So yes. that probably you were Shimmering for all probably. Yeah, yeah. But then suddenly you realized Okay this yeah. is something That really fascinates yes. me I would love to do this Yes. But right after college You did not end up Doing it right away mm. You did a job
0: Yeah I did So as soon as I We had a portfolio review I remember I was in Abu Dhabi uh, On a break at that time um, this is when I knew for sure I have to do it. Okay? Like, I mean, I knew from the thing, but like, yeah, um, we had a review for portfolios. I gave my portfolio and I ran away. to that. the
1: portfolio me. had lots of illustrations?
0: Only illustration. And that's funny enough, because when I look back, even my design work. So if you do a design, you can, you can uh, execute a design with a number of things. So say if it's a brochure or whatever it is. So all of mine had illustrations in it like almost all of them so it was kind of like obvious this one's not going to go anywhere besides that so anyway I put my portfolio out and I ran away to Abu Dhabi and then I get a mail and uh, it was from the illustration teacher saying there was an editor from a newspaper who came in and she wanted me to do a job wow. and at the same time there was also a mail that had one illustration student of the year or something like that so from college and I was wow. like freaking happy also because I got a little voucher for a book, which was like amazing. For me that was like my highlight, mm-hmm. not even the prize. And mm-hmm. like I got a free freaking book <laughs> voucher. Anyway. So um so yeah, and that that's the first job. And then when I did that first job, um I it was it was perfect. It was so every job
1: at a newspaper, right?
0: Uh, yeah, so it was a contract job at a newspaper. I just had to draw for she then she called me again and I had to do like another job. And then she told me, uh, the editor told me she was very sweet. Um and she was like, e- you're really good at this. You should get into politics to draw because newspapers only tend to take political uh, cartoon and I really am not into politics. So then I kind of thought that illustration is not going to completely do it for me. Or I'll have to find a niche.
2: Um,
0: And that's when I started getting a job. Anyway, I I, I was already paying my bills and stuff. So that's why I got another job. And then I also worked, uh, there was this one, and then I started looking for um, illustration jobs. And every illustration job came with the backhand that it's it's more graphic design. So I went for a few Mm -hmm. interviews and they were really happy. But then you're like, see, listen, you're not going to draw that much. You're going to draw like maybe 10% of the time. And I was really not okay with that. Like I really did not want to do logos. (laughs) I just didn't want to do it. So, um, and I really enjoyed the other jobs as well. Like um, initially I worked in a coffee shop, which is like not much whatever. And then I worked in the bank. And I loved it. So like, yeah, yeah. Newer, I mean, it was, well, it, was more, it was more customer yeah. service <laughs> than uh, thing, but I loved it. I, I, I don't know, I just absolutely loved it. So I think I'm just made for, I think I can like, fit into any job actually. So I feel like this illustration thing just worked out really well. Because
1: for most people uh, yeah. who like to draw, yeah. They want to make that a career. Yes. And they don't want a 9-to-5. To Whereas you yes. can be the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. You a, said, I want to stay away yeah, from Yeah, that.
0: yeah. Because and it sounded horrible that I have to... And I guess and I'll talk to you about that when I come to freelancing. But it just sounds horrible from afar. Um, maybe I should start with also... I, I take my work really seriously. So I don't usually... Um, uh, like... And I tell students this a lot. Like when you draw for... Or, like as, as a career it's a job. You have to realize it's not a hobby. You can't draw, uh, you know, flowers if the client wants, you know, computers. Like, you draw what is required of you. And that's the big difference. And I think that's why illustration worked for me because I think I do still take it as a job and I'm very disciplined with my work timings. I'm very disciplined with my delivery and stuff like that, which is still technically a 9-to-5... nine, Well, not, not really a 9-to-5 job, but, like, it's still a job, but just... Um, not as people would imagine an artist where they'll be like today i feel like drawing and today i don't feel. It, it doesn't work like that so yeah. it has it just works like every day you draw like a normal person and you do these things and you have to do your accounts and you have to do, it's it's just like it's another job but it's an amazing job that's all yeah
1: you know i want to pick your brains more on this topic of right. actually getting into the habit of being creative yeah okay. and i'll ask you about it in a right. bit
2: okay So,
1: here you are in Australia. Yes. You're working at a bank. Yes. And at the same time, you're doing some illustrations. By the side. Yeah. But then you decided to leave all of that. Yes. And fly down to India.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Where you hadn't lived before.
0: Yes. (laughs) That
1: must have been nerve-wracking?
0: So, I was at a junction where my visa was, like, at that crucial point where I could pick living there or I can move back. And then also... I come to a, so I worked with Chumbak, uh, with the owners of Chumbak now, um, for about maybe six months to a year. Um, I don't even remember now on on the products when I was there, and it sounded really good. And when I came on holiday, I'd seen the products coming to life, just manufactured. The stuff just came in, and uh, I remember seeing it and being like quite excited. Um, I, I don't know, and then I came, and, and this is how I make my decisions. I'm really practical. This is where I say I'm like really not ar- arty like that. I think with my head more than my heart, to be honest. So I was thinking about, basically, um, what are the chances of me being able to get a bank job versus me being able to manufacture products? And the latter seemed uh, rare as an opportunity. So that's literally the reason I came down. Mind you, remember how I said my parents say... <laughs> <laughs> they allow me to do things and yeah. they don't you know but that's one thing where they were like what are you doing like why would you leave australia <laughs> and a bank And you're getting good money. like i work i work only part time in the bank and i still was able to save up enough money to invest and like it was just it was just it's such a nice easy place to live that now and in for like In hindsight, I think it was a bit too easy for a youngster. It's like, it's too easy to live there. And like, I think by like mid-years, I'll just be like, I've done everything I want to do in my life. But over here, you struggle so much more. But anyway, (laughs) uh, and so what I did, and this is very few rebellious things I do in my life, but (laughs) I remember uh, booking my ticket and not telling my parents the date that I was moving. Yeah, because... But did they they, know you were moving? I told them I was moving. They didn't think I was like certain, certain. (laughs) But I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I knew the, and you can imagine them both thing, like, they moved from Goa, they're from Goa, and they moved from Goa 30 years back and stayed, I mean, they lived in Abu Dhabi for 30 years. And from there, I moved to Australia. And for them to see me coming back to India where I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I couldn't even explain to them that I'm starting a company because they also, like I said, they don't know anyone who started a company. And be, and then I knew, like, they knew a few people who started and failed miserably. So for them, it was just like, oh, like, what is this girl doing? And, uh, I mean, truly, I if I ever become a parent, I truly wish I could be that supportive or that non, like, Strangling <laughs> as they've been uh, because I moved and I didn't work out for uh-huh. two years. And yeah, so I mean, that was really hard for them. But anyway.
1: Can you talk about that time a bit?
0: Um, so what do you mean
1: by it didn't work out? So
0: Chumbak and me Chumba split about a year yeah. uh, after we started, a year. Up maybe a, a year and a half or whatever and so by then so I left home when I was 17 so by then I think I was 22-ish I don't even know the dates okay but uh, I've been supporting myself like the whole time so I was um, literally stone-cold broke and I was like hey, I don't have any of So money. after you came to India yeah. and I became a freelancer almost overnight not almost literally overnight and it was like I do not know anyone in my feel, I don't know anyone in the country. What the hell am I doing? And at that point, I genuinely considered going elsewhere. Like I was like, do I go back to Abu Dhabi? I really didn't want to go back to Abu Dhabi. And, and, and it just felt, it felt, it was horrible. At first it was, it was, it was really bad. Um, I really questioned my decisions in, in life. In terms
1: of the work you were doing?
0: Or no, because or I didn't like initially. The kind of
1: satisfaction you got
0: from it? Uh, I, I still love drawing. I, that was a hard core given I really did not. And see, at that point, it could have uh, and again so this is one thing where I was really stubborn I still didn't want to do design I knew I could get a design job I knew that for sure Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get a design I said I'm going to still do illustration or do something completely different Mm -hmm. in India it's really hard to do something completely different if you don't have a degree that's not the case abroad Um, so I was really really stranded that way so I had to make illustration work for me and that and luckily enough when I just like when I was another thing I already had one uh, book job like I was doing a kid's book or whatever and um, that was the first illustration job I did and that's when I started really like doing everything I would never have wanted to do and which sounded like a nightmare to my baby self and I said like you know how it sounds like such a horrible thing everything I said was horrible I had to do like everything from my accounts to meeting people to selling my like my I have to talk about money about work and it's just it was miserable and then now it's like fine. But it's just that initial, it was initial, they hubs.
1: So at that point of time, when you just started off with yep. freelancing, yes, you said you didn't have any contacts. Did not have... You did not know how to go about it.
0: I do not know anything. Yeah. You did not
1: have a role model because no one else yeah, I, was doing it in the country.
0: Yes. I remember Googling for... <laughs> 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 I remember seeing... Um, who did I see? Funnily enough, I think I saw... Uh, did I see Samir's in fact I should tell him Samir khulawur I think he was the only we- I think so he was the only website I can't even remember if it was him and I thought he was amazing which is so funny because now I can like I talk to him online yeah uh, but he he was like and it was just like the one or two illustrations in the whole country and you're like I will never ever be able to you know make this work but I had to because, firstly, I was genuinely, like, I had to get, like, money in my pocket because I had dogs by then. And I know it sounds, like, really silly, but, like, I, I truly really had to. Area. It truly, you have to feed them. You have to put food in their belly. And, like, I adopted them. So, there's no yeah. way I can, like, ever. Uh, yeah. And that's why I had to make that work. So, I started. So, um, what I started, and that's when social media came in as well. Yep. Um, is 2012? Yes, because I came in 2010, 2011, one to two years. Um, Yeah, so 2012 was when I started uh, Facebook. And that's when I started putting out work. And that's initially truly because I needed work. And funnily enough, it worked. Like, I got my work from Facebook. Not Facebook, the company, but Facebook as a, you know, tool, platform, whatever. Um, Yeah, and that's when I started getting a few jobs. Then started, like, a few more, a few more. And then after... I would say two years was when it w- I realized that I've just been getting job after job and it was not mm. too bad. Yeah, and like my parents didn't need to worry. Like my parents were feeling so bad. Like when mm. they knew like, it didn't work out, they felt like shit. And I felt like shit that they felt like shit. So it was just like a truckload of shit. So like, it was horrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and can, can we dive deep into this sort of period of your life where you were starting off yeah. as a freelancer? And you knew there was no choice yeah. but to get to work. Yes. And I think this will bring a lot of value to those who are listening. And yeah. that's another point of this podcast yeah. that listeners can sort of <laughs> take <laughs> values sure. from you.
2: Right. And adopt <laughs> them in
1: their own life. Yeah. So if we were to dive deep into how you exactly went about getting clients.
0: Okay. So okay. How, so how I'll tell exactly you how. Okay. Um, I just remember firstly it being no matter what happened, I still wrote. Like it didn't matter whether like I just had to keep drawing, and I was really, I really, and I started doing things that I hated doing. Like I started, I had to post online. I hated posting online, by the way, absolutely hated it. But I started posting online, Mm. Um, and I knew that was the only way because I didn't have a portfolio. Uh, I didn't, I don't remember mailing anyone, but I started meeting a lot of people. So initially, some of my, uh, some of the um, clients I had was through word of mouth, like. I started telling people I'm freelancing, is there any illustration gigs or whatever? And that's really awkward to do, but I started Mm -hmm. doing that. Um, Yeah, and that's when I started doing uh, that, then get my first job. And then as soon as one thing comes out, I start posting it, posting about So now I don't post jobs at all. Mm -hmm. Like work I do for clients is never on my feed. But that time I used to post work I've done for clients or something on Mm -hmm. my feed. And that's when people knew I started looking at illustrations and stuff. I, I was doing illustrations and then. The more I started posting about it, the more and posting just generally also it was more people start contacting, and initially it was more individuals, and uh, later on only it became like corporates. Um, and now I saw do
1: corporates mm-hmm. for like
0: ages now, yeah.
1: And then how do you how did you seek these people to begin with?
0: So initially I used to do like face to face meetings. Some would never see the light of day, and it was horrible. But like I mean, how
1: would, how would, how do you? S- Decided okay, this is this guy called Rajesh Sharma.
0: Ah, okay. is
1: who I want to meet uh, and pitch him an idea. Or oh, no,
0: I should never pitch, they always came. Okay. So, I, I, I'd always say I have I do illustrations. So, do if you have, you have
1: any requirements, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
0: like, just like a man, I told my friend, like, hey, she knows I'm a freelancer yeah. now, so she'll say, hey, I think this guy wants to, I'll pass your number on or something, and then he'll call me and we'll go and meet. And there's sometimes, they'll like, sometimes initially. I think this is a big problem with people who are starting out, is that you get strung along on a project that never will Mm -hmm. see the light of day. And that happens so many times. I remember being really upset, not really upset, but really irritated that it happened so much. Um, That's one of the few things that I'm so glad does not like at this point doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I think initially everyone gets strung along on that stupid, they'd be like, I want this, come meet me. And then after three weeks, you realize it's not gone anywhere. And, like, you just waste your time going meeting someone. And, yeah, and like, I didn't even know the roads. I remember my phone. Like, so many small things used to, like, be so hard. Like, small things that we don't have to worry about today. Like, my phone, that time it was not even... Was it 2G? I had a GPS, which didn't find... A, and because I didn't know the area or the place, I just started driving... Because cab used to not there was no Ola and Uber because cabs used to take like so much money if you take a cab and rickshaw drivers used to never come to my area I never understand what the hell I say so I used to drive in these godforsaken places not knowing how to get there and then yeah so it was like it was turmoil in every direction like from environment to work to well not home home but
1: the dogs that was lovely. <laughs> So essentially you were telling people that you are now a freelancer? Yes. And
0: Yes, exactly. I was very clear about me being a freelancer and like taking up mm-hmm. jobs and I was very open about that and it was really important because I needed the jobs, of yes. course. Um I don't I there was no big break though. It was just always it was just literally after two years. I remember suddenly thinking randomly that, oh, I never didn't have like a project on for a while now, so that's nice. Like even if it's small projects, I always had something to keep me busy. That was nice. And also another thing that I have to throw in that, like if there was like a gap in between, I always had a self-project, like a project that I'd put for, make for myself, like you know, um, maybe just a series that I wanted to do on. Like, you know, and that's really important to keep you motivated. Um, uh-huh. Yeah.
1: And this was all through Facebook? I know. did,
0: yeah. I did Facebook. Um, initially, it was like, I think once every few days and then it became once every day, which is what I, now it's like, maybe yeah yeah
1: yeah so if you were to advise your younger version back then yeah in retrospect
2: yeah
1: what would you tell them because again if imagine this is advice you're giving to someone who is listening right now yeah who is in a similar phase that you were in when you left Jumak, right. and you were trying to make a name as a freelance illustrator right so what advice would you give to your younger self?
0: okay um firstly, be okay with doing things that are scary, for sure. Like, everything from talking about money to quoting to um, talking to clients or whatever it is. Uh, secondly, realize that you have to be disciplined about it. Like, there's no two ways about it. It's not... Uh, you're not, a, like, an artist. It's still a job. So, if you want jobs, you're gonna, you are gonna have to treat it like a job. You have to deliver on time. You have to... Um, you know, you have to be... You have to be really time-centric and be very punctual with your work and with yourself, for that matter. If you start work at this time, like, you can, I mean, that, I think you can go around, but, like, about deliveries, I always say, like, I don't think I've ever missed a delivery. um, Ever. So, it's really important and that's what clients remember. And uh, also, I I know a lot of, no matter what, so if there's uh, some... What, even if there's like an unhappy... Uh, and I know this only by hearing bad things from clients about other illustrations, which is the saddest thing to hear because that's my... Yeah. I want to say my people. <laughs> like, yeah. But there yeah, are people who do the same thing that I do, so I completely understand. So when a client comes to me angry with another illustrator, it's, it's because they've had a tip or something. And it's not... I feel like one of the... And I always say, be nice. Yeah. Like, because it's such a small... Like... I don't know, firstly, it's such a small wall. Uh and you just want to be, just be nice with my. If it's not working out, say, uh, no, thank you and say goodbye and walk away. Like, you don't have to, like, you know, throw a fit and like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just, you have to be nice. That's it. Yeah. Literally, the only things. <laughs>
1: this, this reminds me of something one of, uh, the writers I really look up to says Neil Gaiman. Have you heard of?
0: Of him? course.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: he has given this uh, he had given this commencement speech at okay. a college, huh. and in that speech he's talking about the three things you need to be if you want to be a successful writer. Okay. And out of the three things, even if you are two things, you want to do a great job according yeah. to Right. The first is do good work.
0: Okay. That's Second great. is
1: be a good person.
0: Very important. And <laughs>
1: be a good writer. So if out of these three or any two.
0: Oh, that's really a nice. He's amazing, though, by the way.
1: And I recommend you and everyone listening,
0: oh.
1: literally YouTube, I'm right after to, this, I'm
0: going to do that. episode
1: is done. Uh, Neil Gaiman commencement uh, speech. And it's, he's amazing. It's, it's, quite, it's, it's a brilliant speech that he gave. So, you're talking about putting out work day in and day out. And huh. you've been now doing that for the past five, six years, yes. constantly.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, as a as a writer myself, and... A lot of artists listening, and even you would agree with yeah. this that even though you give your absolute best at every point of time, the end result so, an mm-hmm. illustration in your case, a story mm. in my case, mm. a drawing in someone else's it may not satisfy you completely sure. or it never satisfies you absolutely. but you're not happy with it 100% absolutely yeah so there's an imperfection in it absolutely. that only you know right. but if you show it to five people
0: they'll be like yes yeah like, wow this yeah. is brilliant yeah, yeah yeah
1: but inherently inside you of course. know absolutely. That, okay this is not exactly absolutely. what i was looking for yeah, yeah. but yeah. but now you've finished that project yeah. while doing it you have given your 100% right but now is the time to actually put it out right so i want to ask you how you deal with that feeling of not being perfect at oh, okay. a particular project. And secondly, and even before you answer this question, do you actually put out stuff that you think is not perfect
0: okay. when you're doing it? Right. Because okay,
1: five years right. down the line you think uh-huh. you're doing it right yeah. now is not that great. Yeah, yeah. But at that point of time, okay. even if you're giving you 100%, do you put your work out if you think it's yeah. not exactly yeah. okay? Yes.
0: Job? Okay. And I'll tell you why. Let me start from the beginning about when I started um, freelancing.
1: Mm.
0: I thought my work was shit. I didn't want to put out my work there. But I did not I did it out of choicelessness. I did not have a portfolio. I had to put it out. So I did it closing my face, not looking at what would happen, and just doing it because I didn't have a choice. Um, till date, I don't think... I mean, very rarely do I hear people who say, I'm really happy with this mm. piece of art. Like, that's, that's not physically... like, I, And that's what drives you, right? Like, every time I do a drawing... I'm never happy with it it's just like I, I did so for me it's almost like vomiting ideas like yeah. I'm just going to put it out there and that's it I sometimes freaking hate it and sometimes like it's okay uh, but there's never been a time where I'm like oh I did this now I want to retire you know what I mean like yeah. it's never been that case and I think that's normal another reason why I'm so used to it firstly because I do still have to post so now there's almost an expectation for me to post so that's that becomes another reason why I put out things even if I'm not happy with it the second reason is because I'm in merchandise. Yeah. When I first started merchandise, uh, that's products. Um, I wanted, I had this grand idea of having the best freaking merchandise, like best quality, best packaging, best like display, all that stuff, which is like truly gold at the end of a rainbow and impossible. Like it's not possible at all. In fact, it's so far from possible, and especially I, I don't know why we. I don't, it's just so freaking hard that now it's just a case of we at least came out with something. It's just like, God, you know, I, and i I'd give you a good example of what I can compare this to. I, and this is what I think is a good comparison, actually. <laughs> yeah, then there's a mother and a child yeah. and the child's a fussy eater and you they have these great ideas of giving them like the best produce and the best thing, best like food in the world, but the child only wants to eat like jelly and then after a while you're like it's not he's not eating anything else you're like freaking at least eat the jelly you know like something like something is better than nothing is now the case and this is where i truly think i'm why i still don't i find it hard to call myself an artist because i feel like it's not works of art it's it's works
1: that's it's it. It, like, people sort of see what kind of effort went behind. Yeah, it. They'd be I feel like, like this it, is
0: nothing. Yeah, I just, it's just, yeah. So I don't know. It's I just come up with like I, I, I feel like what I try to do is like tell stories, and so stories don't have to be perfection. Mm-hmm. You just have to be ideas
1: and stories. That's all. Yeah. yeah. So, so sort of to again sum what you just said up. Yeah.
0: Out. Oh, sorry. Did I even answer the question? <laughs> no, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. So,
1: uh, you are focusing on quantity as long as you give your best yes. at the quantity
0: yes for sure you, or, or of course you do your best yeah, like yeah, I yeah. wouldn't like that, that's do a standing rule yeah. that
1: you're yeah yeah, doing,
0: yeah 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 I mean Honestly. at least some of my best like yeah. I mean of course you can always do better um, obviously yeah. but I'll try to do as the best I can and that's okay. encompassing so many other factors in life like so I I would be able to do a better illustration if I decided not to go for a walk in the evening but I really need to go for a walk in the evening if I want to be good to my knees you know what I mean so like you calculate all those things and you do what you need to do and I think I think that's and I and now this is going to sound a little philosophical in a way for at least for me for my work it it encompasses my whole life like drawing is Part of this big picture of like my life and being happy in life because I know if I have to be the best illustrator I can draw the entire day and become really good and like you know achieve that but that's not going to make me like stunningly happy because everything else is going to suffer so I mean and this is such a personal thing but for me that's so important because my initial thing was never I want to be the best illustrator in the world mine was always like I just want to be happy and so I literally do things that make that happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> Illustrating in art essentially being this lifestyle that you have chosen in many yeah.
0: ways.
1: After Chumbak, though, yeah. you had talked about how you had lost a lot of hope as to whether you'll be able to do it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: So, so how did you recover from that?
0: Um, being diligent with drawing. Like yeah. I was drawing. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah. did a lot. I always drew. And, and I think that's where discipline comes in. And being able to keep your self-busy as well like so I started doing a lot of self-projects as well and uh, again doing th- things like meeting people and like sometimes a small thing comes to and be and you have to kind of look in the on the bright side a bit and you have to also be a little desperate for it to work like um, I'd go and meet these people and even if it was really little money in pocket um, at least it was something you know what I mean so like initially that's how it worked. And then slowly you build your way up. But you have to keep doing it because that's the only way. You can't say, oh, nothing's happening, I'm like, bye, kind of thing. And also, you have to keep like, showing people, which is the most mm-hmm. weirdest thing to do. But that's the only way you do it. And yeah, and that's like literally it.
1: <laughs> you, so, you, I, I think you weren't very comfortable with giving public speeches. Oh no Or like coming oh, on geez. interviews
0: I don't think Many people like that To be honest ge- I know more people Don't than do
1: Yeah Yeah So you You talked about How the first time When someone asked you To talk somewhere <laughs> yeah. You rejected it Yes Didn't you even like, ask What it was Who it was Where it was You rejected yeah. it Simply because It was Yeah it
0: was funny political. Like political I'm political. like Why would someone Ask me that?
1: Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think. so and at that point of time then later on once you got sort of used to it yeah. and you became comfortable with it or at least yeah. you could pretend that you were comfortable when probably inside yeah, yeah. That's so so inside the
2: way around
1: so at that point of time you said something very interesting which is you decided that whenever you felt wobbly in your knees you want to go ahead and do it
2: yeah
1: so can you tell me the last Hmm. time you felt wobbly in your knees and you said, I'm going to do this no matter
0: what. Hmm. Recently, I'm sure there was something. Um, So I always say it's like one of my main things in life to do things that you're uncomfortable with doing. And that's how I feel like everything came to be. Um, Like the same thing, like from the beginning of time, I was talking to clients, which is something I hated. Like I was so, I hated even answering the phone and talking to someone new. That's how far away from like... Uh, talking to clients, I could do, and and then of course then the talk came, and I was like, yeah, I'll write, I'm gonna talk. So uh, let me think, what was the last thing that was uncomfortable doing? Um, I know recently there was something which I cannot recall. Uh, what did I do recently? I went for oh okay, the last thing, hmm, huh, very recently, <laughs> I've been meaning to do a fundraiser. For so long, like in a good two years, I'll say, you know, let me, I just say, we're having a fundraiser, we'll take the products there, we'll, whatever money we raise on that day, we'll give it to cares, Care the place where Henry was adopted. Yeah. doctor, and, uh, and I always pushed it around, I'm like, I don't want to be there, I'm like, we can have a fundraiser, and I want to be there, because I don't want to show my face, mm-hmm. it is really weird, and then recently, what happened was, there was a dog near my area, um and it was a scared dog and it started biting me including me actually um poor fellow it was abused and they couldn't get someone to take him so I I messaged uh Suda who's the uh one of care and she sent an ambulance immediately and they took her uh, took him and like they checked him and they put him in a really nice uh place and like they did it was just so genuinely sweet of them that I was like I have no excuse to not do something in return like absolutely no excuse and so that's when I told Saurav listen we have to do that fundraiser I've been talking about and it was really small and like again oh this is so funny that links the previous question where you said you wanted to be perfect because my idea of a fundraiser I thought of like just insane ideas of what I could do and stuff like that but at the end of the day, you just do what you can do and the best you can do and at least something come out. And we raised enough money and they, just you, so the message like they're raising, they really need to get a puppy uh, enclosure. And uh, and we raised enough money for the freaking puppy enclosure. And wow. I was like, and it's so stupid because I was, I was pushing this for, for two years. That's mad. And it was so, and everyone who came so I ke- went with things to do because I thought no one would come. And as soon as we entered the place, it was packed. So it was just so sweet. And so, yeah, that was one of the things that I was just like, you know, it was, it was really nice. And that truly, truly, like, I was dreading it. I mean, I was excited, but also, I was excited to raise money. But I was dreading it so much because I was like, oh, what if, like, no one comes and all those questions that run in your head and stuff like like, to the point where I thought I'm like I really want to make this puppy shelter get get enough money for the puppy shelter so desperately that I'm like Saurabh if we don't raise enough money we're just pulling it out of the company and we're giving it like we just have to give them enough so I was sweet he was like yes we will and stuff like that so so it was just it was perfect yeah and that was the last like that was like what a week back or something. Um, yeah, <laughs> and
1: and if I were to ask you why you were feeling uncomfortable, for I, this,
0: for I'm this not. Episode? I'm not comfortable usually just being so, and also so Charlie was there, who yeah. was the reason I think why people came actually. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm not comfortable like I don't know when everything rests on your head in a way, but it's not like so I don't mind. I I take a lot of responsibility for a lot of things, but when there's a lot of um, it's just basically, I feel like it's a bigger responsibility on your head or like expectation rather, not responsibility, expectation. Um, and then my expectations are massive in general. Uh, so yeah, literally that. And I and I like being realistic about what would happen and could happen. I don't know. Um, also, I'm really shitty being like, I was not the center of attention, of course, but it was something that I, I, I mean, I said let's have the event so technically i had to make it work i guess in a way so that's what was like mm. like it's so much easier doing it with you know some having someone else at hand or like you know going under a banner of like say a company or something like that but in this case i was like i am hosting an event so it's like oh there's so much expectation so yeah i guess that's all but it was really sweet oh my god it was really nice <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can I can relate to some extent uh, what you, what you were feeling then mm-hmm. and what you feel usually because the, one of the reasons for starting the podcast yeah. was to actually get past that
2: feeling. Oh, it? The
1: feeling oh. Uncomfortable. oh but
2: you're
0: like a pro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, in fact, i sending the first email yes. for the invitation. The yeah, email then, was
0: very sweet, by the way. No, like you. it was really nice. <laughs> okay.
1: So, because when I I remember when I first ordered the mics no. and when I first sent the invitation, I realized oh. now shit is getting <laughs> real. <crazy."
0: laughs>
1: so, yeah, point it's of note. It's exciting and, yeah.
0: yeah, it's exciting but it's also like little nerve-wracking yeah. and stuff. I get it, yeah. It <laughs>
1: the best sort of place to live. Yeah,
0: in. I guess it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and after it's done, it's like amazing. Yeah. That's, I think nothing compares to that bit, yeah. yeah. So
1: after every interview I, I only realized how excited and how sort of full of anticipation I was before yes it, yeah. after it is done because yes, after the at interview at yeah. I, need just, yeah, I need some yeah, yeah. water yeah. right oh, yes. so. oh, I need some water oh yes
0: I know what you mean <laughs> that is true
1: only you are talking about how you wanted to create a habit out of being creative right So uh, you talked about it much earlier and you yes. also mentioned it some minutes back when you're talking about putting stuff out everyday right. right so can you share your thoughts on this matter because okay a lot of non-artists mm. believe that as you said artists creative have creative yeah, yeah. they're creative persons yeah. they get in the zone yes, they need yes. to feel like it yeah, which yeah, is yeah. sort of the colloquial way of putting yeah. it but you actually feel like doing it maybe twice a month yes and if you yes. only work then Absolutely. Even if you're going to maximize the, yes, the two absolutely. days, it's going to be 24 hours of work. True. Whereas you need at least yeah. 80 to 100 absolutely. per week yeah. to put out really good content, right. which is consistently good. Sure. So, can you, can you share your thoughts on this? Okay. Because, again, it will bring a lot of value to everyone sure. listening <laughs> who is struggling with the fact that yeah. you have to schedule creativity. Right. For the lack of a better phrase. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, so, I'm very. So, maybe I'm not like most people. That I, am. I know I am really organized and scheduling stuff. Like, I schedule everything. Like, I want
1: to ask you about your schedule. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm doing scheduling. Oh, are time. you? Okay, yeah.
0: good. So, so I do, I do, do, do that only know. because, yeah. firstly, again, like I mentioned, I have the worst memory in the world. If I don't write it down, I physically need to see it in a diary. Like, I can't even do a digital schedule. I have to write it. Um, I, I will forget. There's no way. And because of that, and, and there are few things which are non-negotiables in my day, like things like I have to get up at six o'clock to walk Charlie um, and like at four o'clock again to walk him. And so I have to fit things in between these things and they have to be done at that time because literally after that, there's no time. Um, Firstly, it starts off with, uh, with... Let me think, where did it start? I think I used to... I still just make lists. I think a lot of people do, but I was like really stringent with my list. Like, you know, I have to you know, make sure I get this done on this day and stuff. Um, but why, why I always say you have to be disciplined with work is because everyone else works at a certain time of a day. As, this is when it comes to jobs, okay? Not when you come work as an artist or when you're like, I'm not sure how it is with musicians and stuff like that. But as an illustrator, I, if I'm going to work with an agency, an agency works from nine to five, I have to be working from nine to five I'm going to expect calls at that time. And I realized the better I am at keeping that schedule, the better they are at responding to me in their mm. schedule. So like now, I'm so strict with my schedule that even if a client calls me post-7, I'll be like, I cannot take your call. I will talk to you at my work timing, which is this time. Wow! So, okay. it, And it's really good because it means that I'm uninterrupted with the other things I have to do in life. And this is what I mean, like, it's not about only your, it, your job is part of your life mm-hmm. and your day. It's one of the things you do. So and it's just funny enough, the biggest part of the things you do it's its half the day or like a good uh, two thirds, not two thirds, how much ever a day. So um, yeah, so that's why I genuinely schedule and what I realized is the more you, the it's really hard initially especially if you're scheduling something and you really need to make it happen um, it is hard to keep a schedule, your attention span, like I mean everyone's attention is like deviates really often and stuff like that but you have to be kind of strict and it's not like I never get up like get off my desk and stuff like that I do but it's just that I try my level best to keep everything within that time frame
1: try not um, to schedule anything yes within those hours yes
0: and I ha- and there's certain like again non-negotiables in my day like it's, client work definitely non-negotiable uh, that will always be a priority and then the other thing which I really do want to do like I have to do an illustration for like social media and sometimes Mm -hmm. if I don't finish it in my time frame I might do it later on Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, it just depends
1: so essentially 9 to 5 is reserved for client work I
0: I, Um. I actually work from uh, so I actually work Charlie at 5.30 to about 6 by 7 o'clock I start work and I finish I stop work by around 3.30
1: by start work what do you do?
0: I, start, I get on my computer okay yeah. <laughs> I start with email so like okay. my day is like a little similar for most days now because I stopped taking meetings also now okay. um so I come to the studio only once a week just Friday like today oh, yeah wow. which is why I start out meet meeting on Friday oh, wow, okay. because on the other days there's no no going around oh, uh, wow. so and that's for me what I, I think it takes a few of I would say for me it took years to figure out what schedule fit my thing also the change in life like When I got married, my lifestyle changed, or my life changed a bit because I had to, like, and also something which I really want to do in my life I really want to cook dinner. That's like, I always want to do it. So it's going to be part of my thing. So that means I have to finish work at this time. If I have to make dinner by this time. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of weird. I sound really old now. And I say <laughs> this. It's just that now. At
1: don't, don't worry. You're talking to someone who my friends call me a 50, 60 year old. Oh, uh, oh okay. Don't on. worry. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm grandma. So don't worry. You're so still a <laughs> child. Um, yeah. So like I saw and I till 3.30, it's only work things. Like I won't, um, unless I finished my client work, I won't get onto personal work at all. Um, but I will be at my desk. There's like no way I would randomly be um, reading a book or something yeah. like that. It's, it's too weird. But mind you, I do take, of course, my uh, my coffee break is literally going and making coffee for like thirty seconds. Yeah. But then also in the middle, I like throw in laundry kind of thing because I have the joy of working from yeah. home. So, but but it's super productive that way. I think that's the best way. To, and that's, that's also why I made a conscious decision of working from home and only coming to a studio once a week. And like oh, That's even, interesting.
1: I wanted to ask you about that as well. Oh,
0: so, so why I do that is because uh, I feel like anything you need to do can be done concentrated. You can concentrate things. So, like mm. even with, so, so what I do, like Saurabh and we have to have our meetings, but I do it before the team comes in. So I meet him super early oh. in the morning, which is very sad because he gets up early for me. So I come <laughs> in early. We meet at his place, which is just down the road. And we have a a discussion about work, what's happening, where we are going and stuff like that. And post that, I come here and I have my meetings and I meet the team and stuff like that. And by lunchtime, I'm out. And that means I've done everything that I could have done. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like what I realize is sometimes they're like, if I came in multiple times a week, there would be unnecessary discussions. Instead, everything can be like, like, again, Mm -hmm. it's not not a schedule, but it can be just marked as things you have to discuss. And everything else can be um, held off that Mm -hmm. way.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah. another very interesting thing that you said was that you don't have meetings anymore
0: Yeah.
1: and one thing that I have also personally stopped doing is meetings. meeting people unnecessarily you can do it over yeah. email people you can love do doing
2: text. that stuff I don't Even know what phone. joy yeah. there's a lot of small See, talk oh that my, oh my God! On email is no so
0: <laughs> I'm kind of glad how bad my network is in my area you're mm. absolutely right so I tend to so, even with briefing, I'm I, this is i glad you noted it early mm. because I, it took me a few, uh, it took me a bit. Initially, I used to go do these stupid meetings and I'll go there literally for a half, like 15, 20-minute yeah, meeting. Exactly. I'm like, I spent one hour on the road and then I'm going one hour back. I'm like, what a waste of time. So, I stopped. I'm like, and I used to be initially. But when you're starting out, you kind of have to do yeah, the yeah. face-to-face initially, which is fine. Uh, But I f- felt like I paid my meeting dues kind yeah, of yeah. thing. And... um. Uh, so yeah, and then after it became, let's get on a call. And now it's like, email me. Yeah. Because even getting on a call means the line has to be good. Yeah. Uh, I still need to get it over mail so that I have it with clarity on everything. So I'm like, why not we just mail? Like, why mm-hmm. do we have to get on? So I stopped doing uh, that. And it, it just worked out mm-hmm. so much better. There's something which you can't do, for oh, that, yeah. which I understand, which is why I keep Friday mm-hmm. as like meeting day. So something like... Um, I don't know something that you have to discuss like you're meeting someone who does something completely different and you have like random questions which you won't think of for emails or something like that mm-hmm. then that's like you're meeting someone as a person yeah. uh not about work when it comes to work emails work yeah. best and i think people who like and i feel like good agencies and good clients which is i want to say also my clients, email. yeah I have always been good with that like they've always been like i'll mail you I'll send mm. you this. Da, da. You don't need to see someone's face for. Yeah. I, I draw for a living. Like <laughs> my face is gonna make no difference, so it's fine. Huh? Yeah.
1: So you're talking about your schedule for the day. Yeah. And so you said from seven to three thirteen in the yes. afternoon. Yeah. You are.
0: It depends on summer or winter. <laughs> like in, okay. in summer, Charlie's walks start a little earlier because oh, okay. it's not so dark. Okay. And, but then we also go a little listening depending on how hot it is. So, it's funny. It, it revolves around his poop timing. Yeah. It's so funny, like my work time.
1: <laughs> So, you have to account uh, the poop of uh, yes. Charlie yes. and also the... And it's
0: really good because his, he, his poop is waiting for no one. So, it's yeah. really good because it keeps me very... Like, if it wasn't for him needing to go, I would have ex- extended my day. you would mm-hmm. be in like, eh, it's okay, you know, kind of thing. And also, I would sleep in a little more. I'd be yeah. like, oh, you know, yeah. today I deserve one more hour. But with ch- I can't be like that. Is oh. he an alarm clock? He, 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 no, I do have an
1: alarm. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but,
0: but, oh, no. he sadly, maybe I should not mention this one thing, but. Uh, George does not. He's not allowed in the bed. Okay. I know, John. It's like the biggest compromise. I hope George is listening. it's yeah. such a compromise. I,
1: I, I'm sure George is going to get a lot of messages yeah, for this he podcast.
2: Should, <laughs> he should.
0: It was very sad because he. But mind you, Charlie doesn't give a crap because he really. I. He he got a really comfy bed and he really liked. Mm-hmm. He's not one of those dogs who likes cuddling anyway. So I always felt like I missed out. Any- he's never been a cuddling girl so he was very happy not like sleeping out, but but mm-hmm. still sad for me like I feel like I'm the
1: one you <laughs> have to go to his bed yeah
0: I do I sleep in the bed with him it's, it's horrible and I become full of fur which is absolutely fine and worth it but, uh, but he's like why the hell are you on my bed kind of thing mm.
1: yeah. so, so you get done with the client work at 3.30 or I, most you,
0: days most days yeah, yeah? yeah. Sometimes I come back um a uh, post dinner just for a little bit but that will not be client work that will mostly be work which I have to like I'm drawing for social media the next day or something like that or I'm just like playing around with like watercolors which I never get to do and stuff like that so those are the things yeah
1: and out of curiosity again how much time on an average it will vary with every post but on an average how much time do you spend making one social media post an hour one hour Yeah and oh, i should be
0: yeah for an, for medium illustration for small yeah it's a small illustration most of the time it takes so about an hour at
1: most so this is from idea concept to yeah so actually putting i mean
0: that. idea concept is already always there like yeah. i always have the idea already in mind before i draw i don't sit with a blank piece of paper that would just be horrific
2: mm-hmm. but
0: um so it'll already be there and i just have to draw it and ink it and color it and it takes approximately 40 minutes 45 minutes mm-hmm. yeah
1: but and yeah. during the schedule that you have,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, do you have time allotted for, say, something like exercise or oh, meditation? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. And so, you... so yoga is, I mean, yoga, it seems, drawing is my yoga, obviously. Yeah. It's like I have, no, and I feel like truly, uh, meditation has become such a big thing because people don't focus on themselves, like to do things that they like doing. Like, you start cooking and you start, like, letting yourself get into the process. That's That's meditation, like, being mm. in like, just so involved in your own mind, that is, and that I get that in cooking, I get that in um, drawing, and I get that, so, and yes, I exercise, truly, I think as you grow older, and I really never thought in my life I'd be saying something like that, but <laughs> as you grow older, like, you will realize the need for exercise, yeah, but I have, I exercise daily, and um, I, but I'm not one of those people who hardcore, you know, let me go lift weights, and I want to feel pain, I don't, I just do things that I like doing, and I give myself goals and that's about it. Like, So this year, I want to start running. So I started running a little bit and my aim is to...
1: Do the marathon next year.
0: No way! <laughs> I don't want to do a marathon. I don't think... Mm. Marathon, I think, needs brain power to, to mm. not think for like how many hours you run for a marathon. But like, um, I want to be... To be able to fathom that I can do even a half marathon would be amazing. So, yeah. I mean, I can't do even freaking quarter for half an hour, but like um, <laughs> but, but, but that's my aim at least and it's, it's, it's a fun aim for me I did yoga for a while then um, I just I, I, know, I just like trying things understanding but I always have to be active like for a little part of my day and also I walk Charlie which is my yeah. walk um, and it's really important I think for just for general health just, to, just so you know you're taking care of your body I mean literally mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. your life's about right your body is pretty much
1: and this nice. exercise routine, the meditation routine, is it in the morning or in the evening?
0: No, so I tried this morning thing. I'm a very big morning person, okay? Yeah. Like, I, I get up, I love morning. But, uh, like, I I can get up running. I, 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 can, but
1: I, know, I know what I, you're saying. I,
0: I, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I, and George is the opposite, which is a big worry, because literally i will be rambling and he'll just be, like, about getting his eyes open. And it will also so, be
1: the same for the... This moving, be, right? Yes, yes, would yes. Be probably uh, yeah. Drowsy yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and be yeah. Up. I'm, I'm out. Like, I have a scheduled sleep <laughs> time, by the way. But um, what was I saying? Uh, I forgot what I was saying. You're talking
1: about when you exercise. Ah, so, yeah.
0: so I tried in the morning thing, but I can't because I'm so because I think maybe I've been doing it for so long of getting up, walking Charlie, getting on my meal. So think that in the morning, if I exercise, all I can think of is I cannot wait to get on my meal. Like, so I cannot do, I cannot yeah. do that. So. I've started uh, doing it right after Charlie's walk. Yeah. So by 4, 4.30, 4.30 ish is when I yeah. uh, try. But then yesterday, mind you, right after, just before bedtime, I went for like a mini run and it was amazing. Wow. And now yeah. I can totally see why people do that. <laughs> so I'm like, and also it's become too hot to go outside mm-hmm. now. So, and I'm not like a gym person. So um, yeah, so now I'm thinking maybe it will shift my time, but then I have to see. Yeah. If I'm that good. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. and, and you think this is hot here right now in Bangalore?
0: Sorry? Yeah. You
1: think this right now, the weather in Bangalore is hot? Oh. I was staying at my sister's house. She was rambling about it just today morning. And I'm coming from Pune. Uh,
0: Pune is amazing.
1: Pune is much hotter. What?
0: Okay, when I went, it was yeah. amazing. The weather was like Bangalore. Good, I mean, good Bangalore. Like good when it good was Bangalore,
1: but I think good Bangalore weather is only available in Pune in... December or okay, Jan.
0: like that's that's
1: uh, so, yeah so this is like a condition for I, me I'm oh no my god
0: condition. it's so hot and i cannot de- <laughs> i can deal with warm but i can't deal with sun like that yeah. sun yeah. rays and stuff which unfortunately i have to walk in every day when i walk charlie but um but it's it's yeah it's really hot i love bangalore when it's over like it's just the best <laughs> i genuinely think half of bangalore is in bangalore for the weather yeah Maybe all of it, actually. And the other half
1: I mean, is probably Yeah, uh, born and brought up
0: here. But, um, yeah, yeah, the, the weather is amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you're talking about how you have this meditative experience yeah. when you're drawing, yeah. when you're cooking. Yeah. And I had the same thing while doing a couple of things, especially writing myself. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, it so, will be.
1: And it's like during that phase when you're writing or say when you're mm-hmm. illustrating, you lose track of time. Yes. Yeah. And being very curious about why this was happening, yeah. I wanted to read up about it. Right, and it's actually a concept—the
0: flow, right? The flow, yes, which mm-hmm. is
1: fascinating. Yeah, and
0: it I've, is, been, I've been it's trying it's to, yeah, amazing. Yeah, sorry, you've seen. Yeah, sorry,
1: yeah. Yeah, and, and, so I've been trying to sort of look at how flow can be entered more quickly. Yeah, and how how it can be sustained, because the studies that they're conducting show that. If you're in your flow state, you're about say, 20 times more productive. Yeah. Which is insane.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah so this guy called Stephen Kotler.
2: Oh, who okay. Who is wow.
1: the pioneering sort of researcher in this oh, is it? Okay. field. Huh. So, yeah, they've started a big project. I oh, forget is the name okay. of it okay. right now. Right. So in that study, they're talking about how to enter a flow state, you need to ensure two things. First is you absolutely love what you're doing. Yeah. That's a given. Yeah. And second is it could be threatening in some way to your life. Now this could, be physical, uh, this could be a physical threat or Ooh. this could be something that you perceive a threat mentally. So let's say for example, you're illustrating, you don't do it. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen or, or what's the sort of implication of you not illustrating? Oh, what's I wouldn't the,
0: have thought of that. Okay. What's the
1: implication of me not writing? And the implication is we'll be out of work. Right. <laughs> and that would sort of, again, out of work and yeah. also we won't be as pleased as we are.
0: Right. Exactly. I think that might be the trend because, like, I know I get into. I don't get it with illustration as much, to be honest, because uh, there very few times when I have. So how I work is very. It's it's a little different for different things. Like when mm-hmm. I work for a project, it's like start to finishes, and I draw, I talk to the client, whatever, I ink it, and I color it, and send it off. But sometimes there are these. I just get these ideas and I draw it with pencil and I don't have time to ink it out and i ink all of them together and that's when I can get in my flow state. But, but, I'm also, so I always try to do as many things, I try to be the most productive person I can be because I always feel I don't have enough time on this earth and yeah. I just have hundred things to do. Like, I have Excel sheets of things so it's it's disturbing. <laughs> anyway, and it's stupid things. Like, just stupid things. Stupid anyway, things like... I'm like, like, I want to design a water bottle yeah. label. Like, just stupid. And I just... I want to do it. I don't know why. I just really want to do it. So, I have these lists of things. Anyway, so when I do that, I try at the same time... And I was, I was talking about this on Instagram recently. Uh, is I watch things that I say I'm meaning to watch. So, like... And, and everyone's going to call me uh, an ass for ruining it, but I totally watched <laughs> Game of Thrones while I was inking. So I'm actually only listening like okay, an audio, yeah. but but I only look up for a bit and I draw. So I'm never getting to the flow completely because I'm doing too many things at yeah. one time. So I listen to documentaries when I do it. The most I feel like I'm in the flow is when I'm baking. I rarely get to do wow. it now. I, last year, I baked a lot more. Um, and that was because, you're right, like after... I, I got into baking late, really late or whatever. But once I got the flow of it, I loved it. And then it's it's a process. So you follow the process, but you cannot be distracted because your hands are using, you're using a your mind, you're using measurements and stuff like that. And that's, and the threat would be the bake failing, you know, and you really want to come out with it. Like, it's not... I wouldn't say a death my life. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I loved it. Like, I absolutely adored like, whether it's stupid cupcakes, which I won't even eat. I don't even have a sweet tooth. Like, I have a savory tooth. But, like, it's just that like making that stuff and, like, that was my flow for me. I think process-driven, like, some processes kind of just...
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And, and it's not... And it always takes time to start like you won't get into the flow as soon Mm -hmm. as you like you start taking out your stuff and stuff Mm -hmm. it's like when if you're like making bread and you're kneading that's like your flow or like after maybe about like 15 minutes of inking and you've got like so many more pages then you're just like in the flow of things and you know Uh, I guess for you as well not when you're starting right but when you're like immersed in writing and like you know and then you forget then you lose track of time and then you lose track yeah, yeah. yeah
1: You're for two hours and you're like, yeah.
0: two hours. Okay, I you're really good. I don't think I do anything for two hours. Like, I have to have breaks, but
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting you bring that up because when uh, Stephen Kotler,
2: yeah. in his
1: research, when he's talking about entering a flow state and how to maximize your chances of entering a flow state, right. he's talking about the cycle of flow. Right. So the first segment of the flow state. Is the process of desperation, right? And he's talking about it on a much larger scale, right? Uh, not in terms of days, oh, or not in terms sorry, not in terms of minutes, but okay. in terms of days. Okay. So, and he's giving the example of Olympic athletes.
2: Ooh, okay. So he's talking okay.
1: about how, say, the Olympics are coming up. Right. Six months before, or four months before, they enter the flow state. A few months before that, they're very desperate. Or even uh-huh. for example, with writers, illustrators, yeah. people who want to come up with original ideas. Yeah. Yeah they're in a desperate phase hmm. where they don't understand anything that is happening. Hmm. They're frustrated. Right. But that frustration
0: drives them. is a part oh. of the flow state. So that's a okay. cycle. I have to read this thing. Yeah,
1: it's fascinating. Yeah,
0: I love yeah. this. Kind of,
1: uh. And then once you enter the flow state, there's one more sort of part of the flow cycle. Right. Which is feeling completely exhausted. Huh. And feeling... So again, after you... So I talking think it's about like
0: happy exhaustion. Happy like exhaustion. Done, yeah. yeah.
1: So after... So again, talking about the Olympics. Right. And after the Olympics are over, the athletes he researched. Yeah. They felt so exhausted at the end of it. Because for the past entire seven, eight months, yeah. at times even a the year, their only intention is Was to, to oh. is to see their country's yeah, flag yeah, yeah. Oh. after the event is done. I can't even
0: imagine they like that would so. just be so much I'm here worrying about like a fundraiser. I can't even <laughs> imagine what they like. Like <laughs> <I>, yeah, God, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
1: It's, it's quite fascinating. Yeah. It's something that I
0: I'm definitely going to read up to,
1: about it. I want to sort of instill in my own life more oh. and more. Because when you're frustrated, we believe it's not going to happen.
0: Right, yes. But actually,
1: right. if you think about it the other way, it's like yeah. actually a stepping stone to, to, to actually yeah. entering the flow state. Yeah, That's true. It seems
0: huh. tolerable yeah. in
1: any case.
0: Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I'm going to put you on the spot here. Time. And I'm going to ask you about a couple of failures that you've had. Okay. And your learnings from them. Because okay. Failures teach us more than sure. things we have succeeded at and right. it's a well-known fact. Yeah. But I want to know the two things that you say failed at and that come to your mind and you learned a lot from it and it has in a way changed or at least shaped the way you think.
0: Hmm. So again, like I know exactly what you mean because I find it. I can't even call anything a failure because mm-hmm. they've been so much of a learning. So I just call them learnings. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, I'll say, like, it never worked out for the best kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so, um, hmm, okay. What would be a good failure? <laughs> so many, like, <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start. I guess I'm in the beginning of my life, but what failed? <laughs> like, so, um, uh, hmm. I guess, um, uh, Things not working out with Chumbuk and like me starting on my own was obviously very big factor and mm-hmm. like a life changing point in a way because I had to like start up on my own and that was like what I do now is that it basically changed my life. So that would be it. And and it's not, I it was not a failure. It was just a change, a turning point. Um, mm, it just taught me that I'm more resilient than. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always knew I was. I knew I can deal with a lot of... So, I'm emotionally insanely strong. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. deters me usually. That did, like... Like, it didn't, like... It didn't break me at all. But it still made me feel like shit. Which is very good to drive you. Um, Yeah. So, that would be... And and I think also that... And that uh, also made me think that I can also go through the worst... Mm-hmm. like things that were going to happen which is like i'll have to do all the other shit that i have to do now like so
1: you're sort of things that didn't work out become punching bags yeah, yeah it
0: just yeah i just became like um oh like it didn't work out so you already shit you might as well just get some more shit on your <laughs> plate like i kind don't of think so yeah, yeah that that was one um hmm what will be the second one uh But it also made me learn that, like, I literally don't learn from anything. I don't feel anything is... uh, One thing I'm very aware of is never to, like, always have hope. And, like, I feel people are good. Like, everyone's really good and got a good side. I know there are, like, a lot of dickheads in the world. Sorry, I should not use that word. Uh, But there's always such a nice streak in everyone. And I really didn't want to lose that. Anytime anything failed ever, I s not never want to lose hope in people, like in humanity, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so no matter what, no matter what people like do, or if things don't work out with people, or even like whatever happens in this world, I feel like there's a, like there is a silver streak in people. I don't know why, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe that's just pure optimism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I genuinely feel like I don't know. That's my mm-hmm. lon
1: was this a learning? I was just coming to that? Was this a learning, or was it a philosophy that you I, I f- wanted to enforce at every point of time? No,
0: I, it was. A, I would say it's the latter. It's 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 more like something I've. I feel like I had to acknowledge about myself because if I, I, I feel like if I didn't think people had a really nice streak in them, I feel like then there's what am what am I doing things for them, like, I you I mean. I'm an illustrator, I draw, but I'm telling stories for whom? For people. And like, not for me, because I know the stories. So like, I feel like no matter what I can tell, you just want everyone to be happy, I think. Also, maybe a second thing is I realized that I I don't know where that came from. I, I don't know when I thought of this, but I always think you should be a little selfish to be and you have to be a little selfish and good to yourself if you want To be good to others, like so. So I believe, like, and I always talk about happiness, and that's Mm -hmm. primarily because I genuinely believe I'm like insanely happy most of, almost all the time. So, but that's because I feel like I do things that make me happy, even sometimes if it doesn't make other people happy. Like, say moving from Australia to India, which did Mm -hmm. not make my parents happy, but inherently I knew uh, somewhere that it was going to make me happy, so I did it anyway. So I know in the long term it will make. Them happy, but um, so sometimes, I, like I think of myself first in a way, in, in terms of because if if you're not gonna make yourself happy, like how the hell are you gonna make like yeah. any? How will you? How are you gonna like? Yeah, spread joy and happiness around. You're just gonna be miserable even though you made that one little decision. Like so, a lot of my decisions are based on that. Like, will it make me happy first? Um, And then I'll see the outcome. Like, is it going to make three thousand people unhappy? Mm -hmm. Then, of course, that doesn't make sense. Um, But I try. That's what I have. I'm not talking about failures. (laughs) No, going around. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. This is interesting. Um,
0: Very interesting. I I don't have like. I mean, I I can't say I don't have failures because I feel all the time. Like every time we put out a product, it might be a failure. Like that Mm. happens all the time. Yeah, no, there's no real massive thing which, like, failed. Like, I closed the company and opened it. So, like, Mm. so many of those happened. And these are all things that no one knows about because you don't talk about these things, right? Mm. Like, before um, Alicia Sosa's studio, which is now, there was Happy Mess Studio, Mm. which was closed, Mm. and then we opened this. And I had to stop that because I couldn't... I did not have enough time to run a company and be a freelancer mm. but freelancing was making me the money which mm. I needed to sustain mm. uh, so I had to close the company which is technically a failure which I can't call it a failure because it was the biggest learning like that it, it cannot physically do two things at once and yeah so like that was another thing and th- that's again it goes down to what makes me and I'm like I love freelancing like mm. if, if I loved uh, and that's why even though I have this company now I still take on freelancing work because I love it. I love interacting with, like, clients and, like, you know, new projects. And I never thought I would ever say that. But it's, it's fun and it's so nice and meet Like, talk to nice people. And, yeah, I don't know. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can, you, can you tell me about a time? So, you're talking about being selfish first? Yeah. To be happy and then make others yeah. happy.
0: Yeah, okay, when I say selfish, it's not like being dickhead happy. No, I get, I get, this, yeah. I get that. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I should not use that word. I've been using that a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no
1: about that. I, I got what you're trying to say. So, can you give us an instance of when this happened the last thing? I'm sorry, I'm putting you too much. No,
0: no, no. I, I know exactly one thing. I'm just wondering whether I should mention. <laughs> like, okay, I'll tell you an example.
1: Okay.
0: Um, when we got married,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh my parents really wanted us to have a wedding, like, desperately. I desperately did not want to have a wedding, like, so desperately. And I kind of put my foot down, like, stubborn. And I think this comes with my personality. I'm, like, really stubborn if I want something. Um, So, and I said no. And I know it made them a and I'm really sad, like, I would say that I made my parents unhappy. But I wouldn't say I made them unhappy. I just feel like it was... I didn't fulfill one of their wishes. But at the same time, I fulfilled one of mine, which is where I always told myself I never wanted to do that, walking down an aisle, which is not a wrong thing because I absolutely, funnily enough, love going for weddings. I, I, I adore it. In fact, please call me for your wedding. I love going for <laughs> weddings. Um, and like my sister when I love my sister's wedding. I just said, I don't want to do it. Like, that's all. Um, yeah, so that was one of the times, like that was one of the bigger times where I have to put my foot down really harshly But I know it brought me so much happiness. I would say, I would, actually in that case, it was the opposite. It didn't bring me so much sadness because I would be really upset Mm -hmm. doing that. And I think I was really happy not doing it also. So, um, and yeah, and I know it was... I also have a brother and a sister so they totally got their wish with two other kids so I'm I'm very really lucky that I'm the last one but uh, yeah no and and that's why I feel like just being stubborn was was I was able to be like so much more happier just like being able to do it my way for something mm-hmm. like that um, that's a personal one I guess but yeah that one
1: mm-hmm. and talking about your wedding uh, so in the non
0: non-wedding. The non-non-wedding.
1: <laughs> the marriage. Yeah. So the way I got introduced to you was a friend hmm? sent across Dearest John.
2: <laughs>
1: and I was literally going through every page, every little dialogue.
0: He's a cute man. <laughs>
1: and was was that something so with your art yep. you are depicting a lot of Everyday things. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, uh, sort of a fun fact for everyone. Uh, <laughs> all my followers on Instagram who also follow you.
0: That's very sweet. <laughs> uh,
1: no, no. Yeah, not, all of them don't follow you. I hope <laughs> they after this. But all of them who actually follow you right now, hmm. I sent them a message before conducting this interview. Right. And I asked each one of them
0: yeah.
1: what they felt about your art. Right. And why they loved your art so much. Right. And all of them, lots of reasons. But the one, reason that the one thread that was common throughout was how relatable it was. Yeah. Yes. So when you were getting married, was it a very obvious decision to illustrate the story and how everything went about? Or
0: was it something you thought,
1: okay, it'll be a fun thing to do? Let's go um, to do or did it come naturally?
0: So so I talk about my life pretty much in illustrations yeah. every day. So that way it was definitely going to be illustrated. I was going to draw about being married like either way but the website itself was constructed, like because George didn't know about it until they put it Ooh. Oh so what happened was we got married, I think it was a good six now I forgot the time. Yeah, a good six months. And after that, and i and we've been dating for like some three, three and a half years now. So uh so for three years I didn't even mention online that I have and every time I put out like a lovey drawing, everyone's like <laughs> Are you seeing someone? <laughs> like, what? Are you married? And I should no, ignore that question. Kind of, I don't want to talk about this. It's too personal. So I try not putting out personal things, but now obviously not. I do put out right now. But um, so initially, after we got married, we tied, like we tied a not, it seems we registered.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm like, how do we tell? Because literally no one knew, like even my family did not know because we didn't send wedding invites. That's how people okay. know and um, and we literally this is really bad it's going to happen we've we've been dating for a while we knew we were going to we talked about the future everything was like uh, it's really practical between us we are very old minded both of us Um, so and we literally had to sign it because we needed to get a house loan and you have to be married for a house loan which is very depressing reason to get or whatever but but, so we signed you also get like, insurance
1: thing. benefits.
0: No, <laughs> so, I did not know that. But funny enough, my insurance guy called uh. yesterday and I was telling George, don't kill me just because I got insurance and you're my beneficiary. <laughs> uh. But anyway, so, um, so, yeah. And then, so, we had to announce. And uh, because, so, there's this pre, uh, not preconceived, but sadly, not sadly, uh, most girls know what they want to do for their wedding. I never, like, I I accepted I was going to be a spinster all my life. I just, it's just something I assumed, mm. I, I just mm. felt like I was really, I'm really comfortable being with myself mm. also. I'm absolutely fine. Either way, I'm good. I'm really good with one person. I'm really good with myself. I'm okay. So, uh, I just assumed I was going to be a spinster, so I never thought of, like, this big one. And I never wanted a wedding. I just thought it was funny. And, like, my sister had all the, like, the opposite dreams. I think she had, like, she knew which dress she wanted by the time she was, like, a teenager and I I could not even I didn't even wear dresses for like the longest time I was like such a (laughs) tomboy anyway so um, when we didn't tell people and people started asking and George was like listen we have to get like we have to have something because of this and I'm like listen you plan it I don't have any ideas and he doesn't I, I don't think many men know what they want either because the girls usually have really vivid ideas of what they
1: and want. You, and then you can't
0: tell them. we both have no idea. And we never got it. And then suddenly it was like, people just asking all the time. And I'm like, and I felt a little guilty that I didn't have any ideas. And I at that point, I really didn't want to do it. And where George was a little more open to doing it. And that's when I'm like, okay, let me just make, the, make an announcement that we're married. Uh, and I didn't tell George... And I just made the announcement. And then I remember showing it to him. And he was really shy. Uh, and I wasn't home. You showed the
1: website too. I showed, him
0: th- I showed the website to him a day or two days before I announced it online. Oh. And he was very, like, awkward <laughs> and shy. Wow. But, but it's very cute. He's, very, he's a very serious man. So to see him getting, like, awkward <laughs> and shy is amazing. Which is why I think every time I draw something about him, it's it's just like his expression is amazingly funny he's so serious most of (laughs) (laughs) time. But yeah and that's yeah that's how the website came about and
1: then the story in the way you told it yes it's more or less the way it happened
0: it is exactly the way it happened like my parents wanted me to come uh, i mean wanted us to get married didn't get married and yeah everything that's in there yeah except my i think my mom still has like a Small hope that I will still wear a dress or something. I don't know. I, I know she still hopes that I will one day. Two years after I married, she still has. I don't know for what joy it was. Anyway. My mom's very sweet though. I mean, yeah. Conditioning, I call.
1: Yeah. And the online store was something right. that came up very recently. A couple of years back.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes and no. I'll explain.
1: Okay. Uh, and there's a very interesting story behind it. And we have, I think, Solomon right outside. Yes. <laughs> so, you can call him if you want. I, but, I can definitely call him, yeah. Uh, but can you tell us how it happened?
0: Okay. So, I actually started the online store a while back. So, I had another company called Happiness Studios. and mm-hmm. we used to manufacture products. And this was after the something Like, when I started freelancing, after a few years... Uh, I think after a year or year and a half people started asking for products mm. and I didn't have them and I'm like okay it, and then the Sante came around mm. Sante is like uh, the festival. It, it's maybe. like a fest yeah. yeah and they said then you could set up a stall and stuff and mm-hmm. we, I set, up, set one up and um, and it did really well and like for weeks after I started getting late listen went out of stock, can I have some more and then I was like okay maybe there is an opportunity here so we set up shop and like uh and, but then I couldn't handle it. Like I literally could not handle being a, like running a store, running two accounts, running this. It's physically impossible to. And like the minute I had like a trip out of town, um, like God, that time I didn't even have many trips, and that itself was like insane, like mm. to handle. So it was just mad. So then I closed the company. It was it was too much thing, and I said, forget it. I'm not going to do the products anymore. And then Sorab came. Then. So Saurabh came really in a weird way because there was an interview from, uh, that was done and he read the interview mm-hmm. and he mailed me. And like I said, I don't do meetings at all, yeah. but he, he wrote such a good email uh, and he sent me and a catalog. an article about, about it,
1: right?
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. yeah. And he sent me a catalog of the company he was working with. I was so impressed. And I'm like, next time you're in Bangalore, uh, we'll catch up next to so not from Bangalore. He's not, no, he's oh, not. He's I from two, a small town in, in Tamil Nadu called wow. Tusikore. Yeah, good. no, and this, is where, okay, and this is where I feel like people make a difference. Okay, so I said next to me on Bangalore, let me know. He's like, I'll be there this weekend or something like that. Like, so quickly, and he immediately came. We did a meeting. He came, like, our meeting must have been like an hour or not, at the most and right after the meeting uh, I, he's like why well, don't you have the store and he invited me to come to his factory where uh, he was working and that's something I usually don't do but again I like, I like I always say I'll do things which I will never have a chance to do ever again so I went and saw the factory and everything and then we started talking about an online store and I told him listen you don't understand I literally do not have time and he's like he would run it for me and I've never seen someone move so fast like he's like Uh, I will move to Bangalore and I will start the thing. And Um. within, like, I know like, hi Alicia, I'm moving to Bangalore, can you help me find her? It literally calls and is like, I'm in Bangalore, I found a place, I'm here, let's start. And I was like, that is insane. So that's when when people ask about the online store, I'm like, it's not me, it's It. I'm just illustrating and designing and stuff like that. But he is the feat. And the team, of course, but yeah. um, he is literally the reason why this started. And yeah, and then he's been taken from there. And also things like to be um, really like in understanding how something grows. Um, he's really good. He's young and like, I don't know. He's just got that, that ambition, which I, don't, so I'm satisfied really easily. If I'm happy, I'm satisfied. He's not, he's got that drive where he wants to make it. Mm. Um you know, and and that even George always says, like, we are the perfect match for business because he, like, I would tell him things like, listen, you shouldn't do that just because, like, there's certain things where I'd be like, don't do it just because it brings in money doesn't make sense. Um, whereas he would be like, listen, you should do this because it makes sense. So it's that perfect mix of being able to say no and yes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just, it just makes sense that way, yeah. Yeah, and he was, in
1: the in the article that he has written, yeah has written about how he was, on Facebook, and that's when he came across your interview, and he's, he said, I think oh.
0: he saw it on Your Story, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, so that's he's,
1: a, I think he saw the Your Story article on, on Facebook. Facebook,
0: yeah, which is so funny, because I don't even post articles <laughs> now online, so now I'm like, maybe I should be posting, yeah. so even you know time there's an article out, I don't actually post links
1: anymore, <laughs>
0: um, but that, I happened to put that one out, I guess, which is so weird, turn on faith, face, I guess,
1: and so... It's a year and a half, two years old now. Yeah, it's about Uh, two years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what plans now to take this forward?
0: Oh, Uh, we have like massive. Funnily enough, we're going to be discussing that today. Wow. Uh, We change so because we're so young and so dynamic, and we get. And I think we're super lucky. uh, We get so many opportunities now in which direction we can go, grow, um, and go. Um, We pretty much we we come up with new. Like initially it was like, let's just have this online store we can sustain with these many people. And suddenly I'm like, oh my god, this is growing too much, we need more people, what do we do next? Then suddenly we're like, oh, we have these other artists who really want to manufacture, we should manufacture. Then we're like, which direction do we go? And then we have like these people who like come and say like, listen, we have this money, do you want it? And we're like, and then, then you don't know, you don't want to do some things, you want to do something. And like, that's the, I think we at that great place where we have growth and we have opportunity, but it's really scary to pick which direction to grow and which one would make long-term sense. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things make short-term sense where you can do something and after two, three years, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm done. And like everyone's like irritated. So we don't want to do that. And I specifically don't want to do that. So I want to do something that I can enjoy forever. And like, you know, um, I'm definitely one of those, like, I can stick with something for a long time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so we're just making those plans now. I can't give you concrete plans because yeah. I'm yet to talk to him about them today. So <laughs> I'll tell you in a few weeks, <laughs> something like that. Looking
1: forward. To but it. yeah, <laughs> you got a young and growing team, right? Which is...
0: Yes, they're really young. They're really enthusiastic, and all
1: of them are coming in. Now. Yeah, One they come in now. Around. They come a
0: little later, and, hmm. uh, but they're very, very sweet, and they're very good girls. Funny enough, you're an all-girl team. <laughs> No, this is Maharsha one
1: Hi,
0: Hi We're doing a podcast. Would you like some coffee or tea? I would
1: like some coffee, yeah.
0: I also thank you. So yes. she's one of so she, Maharsha has been uh, working with us when she was in college, just checking mails when after college time. She was one of the first people who was working with us, and she's from the place where Sorab is from. Okay. And then she just came over here and she's like with us since then, since we started. Wow. She's amazing. I love her a bits. and um, just so and all of them have like their own little story and I come in once a week so I don't even know all of it like sorrow knows and them inside are so it's, it's truly truly nice like sometimes you'll see they're like quite quite an enthue bunch they'll like suddenly come in saris one day all of them and you're like what, what is happening and they're like we just decided and mm-hmm. it's just adorable it's really a nice vibe.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you uh, <laughs> so You've had this wonderful sort of time. So, you started initially and then yeah. you are yeah. in many ways what they call settled. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. like that word at all. I love oh. that
0: word. Oh, my God. I'm an auntie. That's why. So, I <laughs> love that word. I just want to be settled. And um, like literally that was my only aim in life. So, I'm very, I don't want to say unambitious. I just have few things I want, to, want in life. And that was one was I really wanted a, a house of my own. I wanted a dog and I wanted uh, to earn a decent living mm-hmm. and I want to be happy. Literally, that's it. Like when I expect like the overall, thank you, overall outcome of what I want. And uh, then I'll be like, then I'm settled. So I'm pretty much settled at this point, by the <laughs> way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't throw a husband in there because that was never part of the time. But yeah. <laughs> Bonus now. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: if you were now, so let's say an Alicia, Souza is starting off right now right. in 2018 right. April of 2018 what would you tell her? How, how should she go about it? I am not talking about work hard, hmm. follow your path follow yeah. this but if you were starting off right now because from this conversation that we have had right. the impression I have got is yes you love to illustrate yeah. you have this passion but at the same time you have a clear cut plan Of going about things. Right. So it it may not again be a clear plan, okay, I want that only. Right. But you know what you have to do right now or a few months from now. Yeah. yeah. To have a basic idea of, again, how things are going. Yeah. Yeah. And and those steps then eventually you climb up the ladder and you reach a new level. Yes. And that's how you're progressing and leveling up. Right. Month after month after
0: month.
1: Right, right, right. So let's say someone is. Let, okay, let's, let's, put, let's put in two scenarios. Okay? Okay. So, someone okay. is just starting off. Okay. And they, they're a very good artist. Hmm. Uh, they've just about started putting up stuff yeah. on their Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I think they should go about it if they want to make a career out of it. Yeah. Because when you talk about a career, money also comes in. Yes, of
0: course. So, as you say, Absolutely. So, it has to make sense for so you more. Exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: So, how can they sustain themselves to begin with and how can they make a profit after hmm. a particular point of time? So, if you were to advise someone exactly like a manual that you have to write yeah. or, maybe, okay. or illustrate okay.
0: um, what would it be same same thing like it wouldn't change from from what I said initially in terms of you have to realize firstly it's not a hobby it's going to be a job so like if you like drawing that dark or you're not going to mm-hmm. be able to do that you're not going to be able to sustain you're going to you're going to have to so an understanding that people have uh, a brief comes with requirements and being able to understand that you, if you can fulfill requirements or not because the minute you understand that you love drawing that's fine uh, but you can't draw for other people it's not going to be a career it's not a viable career for you then it's just going to be a hobby which is absolutely fine or it can be one of those things where you can draw and you can sell your drawings, but that depends on how much you sell mm-hmm. so everything is an experiment and I think when you're you when you're younger you have less responsibilities and that's when you should try and see what works for you like what works for you like is drawing and selling your artwork, and you make enough money to sustain yourself, and plus savings, um, is that sustainable? Or being able to take on projects and being able to deliver on time and you know fulfilling brief is that your calling, calling slash? Are you able to do it and do you enjoy it? Um, all I think considering all those things, firstly because people don't consider those things, they just say I love and I get a lot of mail uh, for. Um, about it. Saying I love drawing. Can I make it a career? And then I get a picture of doodles. like,
2: mm. And I'm
0: like. H- wh- how, how, how do I even start telling you. Like, So who is going to buy it. You have to understand who is going to buy it. Like, you would love it. Because you enjoy doing it. But people are not going to buy doodles. Like, unless it means something to them. Or if it's going to fulfill a brief. So that basically. Understanding that. Pretty much. And then working from there. Social media and all are just tools. Uh, mm-hmm. But understanding how you're going to make money in what way is, and understanding it as a job is, I think, the biggest difference mm-hmm. uh, when you're starting
1: out. And how do you suggest someone starting off approach clients or try to acquire clients? Uh,
0: so initially, word of mouth helps. Uh, Facebook helps. All those things help. Uh, working with a few... I, I usually don't recommend working with friends, so usually friends of friends is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, working with friends is absolutely fine, actually. But uh, I don't think I've actually ever worked. I don't even know. Maybe I have. Hmm. Um, so working, just doing one job and understand, seeing if you like it, what you didn't like about it, how much would you be able to do or you not get a do. Taste of yeah, the and, yeah. Of because sometimes you just don't like it, and that's fine. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you can just also just work now. They, you, you have beautiful options where you can illustrate in an office as well. Hmm. Um, I know those jobs weren't there before, or oh, maybe. Picking, like, if you like politics, actually get into political. Mm. Be a political capitalist. Or, like, figuring out there's so many more directions you can go nowadays um, than before. And also, now you have the internet, you can mail people. That's mad. Like, when I put out our folio, it was a physical folio, which also is mad and fun. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. There's like so many options. Yeah, but trying and testing everything. is really important. Just test.
1: And how do you gauge the feedback after you test something? Um, you listen client, to the, okay. Client feedback.
0: They, they are your audience at that point, right? Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's work, clients are your... Audience. Are they happy with it? Like, there's a... There's a line. So, ah, so, a lot of people ask uh, if a client tells you they want to make the leaves blue of a, a plant. Okay. But you know it's supposed to be green. There is a... You do your job as an illustrator or as a designer. You tell them uh, so, that's also where how much they trust you as a thing. So, I'll be like, listen, I don't think you should put blue It's supposed to be green. I'm not recommending it at all. Um, and if then, you want,
1: I'll do it.
0: If you want, I'll do it. I'll just end up with saying I don't recommend it. But they'll be like, I really want it blue and then I'll make it blue. But most of the time, if it's a client who, who came to you for you, they'll be like, okay, go ahead mm. and make it green. So, drawing that line as well. So, many people... Uh, worry about that—that that they are going to be a thing. But you have to be—you have to be confident in what you're delivering. Like you'll be like, I have the experience, I have the knowledge, and that's why you're coming to me. Like mm-hmm. I will not do certain things uh, this way because it just doesn't make sense. Um, especially because your name will be associated with it later, especially when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. So there are a few projects yeah. which I said no to initially because it just was. Uh, I just knew if I started doing work like that I was just gonna only get work like that so I just did do a few projects which hurt me because at that point money was like I'd do anything for money but then there's some things you just don't do because some things are worth more like Mm
1: -hmm. your name in the market I guess in a way yeah (laughs) so would you recommend say someone who's starting off uh, for them to so let's say they're an illustrator yeah and they're looking for jobs that can pay. Right. But in the line of work that they want, like you said. Yeah. So would you recommend them, like say, calling up local newspapers and having yeah, a huge portfolio of work, which obviously comes with doing a lot of work you, yourself. You,
0: you don't have a forf- huge portfolio. You just have a small portfolio of your best works.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, you, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I
0: think you have a small portfolio of your best works. You do contact people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say trying to make connections as opposed to cold calling. Yeah. um yeah you try to make like you know at least a few people it, it, it could be in any field like know a few people and like I mean as an illustrator I can ask my accountant if he needs an illustration because like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and then from there you can go from I know it's, it's a little vague initially but there's always one hook and I, I don't think there's like there's no science about it there's no math about it it's just it just it's also almost luck to be honest uh-huh. like there is a lovely factor of luck um associated Mm -hmm. uh with it because sometimes you just sometimes people just come and sometimes you you get skipped over it's it's life yeah Uh yeah. Mm -hmm. but i think the minute you start meeting more people and creating these opportunities your luck suddenly increases Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's obviously because they're conjoined in a way um yeah so like i i make it a point to meet Mm-hmm. uh people sometimes like meet people as in like uh at least when I go for like events or something mm-hmm. I hate socializing uh not hate socializing I love meeting people mm-hmm. but I hate doing these little like hi yeah. you know so but, but <laughs> I try to do that sometimes mm-hmm. and then I realize it's fun actually um so yeah I mean you have to do these like mm-hmm. little odd things sometimes yeah,
1: yeah. Now, coming to the end of this interview,
0: because
1: okay. <laughs> uh, you, you have a meeting that's coming up. Have <laughs> Sorry. This up. No, don't worry about it. Thank you so much for all this oh, time. No. I want to ask you about so, because of the kind of brand you've created around illustrating, okay. you have a very loyal following. Yeah,
0: that's and,
1: <laughs> and because, and you're in a position of influence in many ways, you're the role right. model for many, many people out there. Right. What I really admire about how you're using that, especially with regards to animal rights. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to ask you what else you plan to do with this because you've got, yeah. you love animals. I yeah, I You've, you've, you've I been absolutely loving them since that. you were a child. Oh yes, of course. And <laughs> you've got animals no, pets of your own. Yes.
0: So, I think, my this, life. I think this
1: podcast is incomplete without mentioning... Of course. So I would shamelessly trying to throw
0: their names in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, um, so, what I plan to do... So, what I try to just spread... I mean, um, I just try to... I mean, like, again, like I said before, it's like, because I feel like I'm happy. It's almost like a circle. I feel mm-hmm. like if I'm happy, I try to make other people happy and then they make me happy and, like, it's just this mm-hmm. round circle of that. So, that's one of my main key elements about drawing itself. So, I never... Um, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here to raise, I know a lot of uh, people say I don't use the platform to raise awareness about certain things and stuff but I feel like I I don't want to do that. Yeah it's not my thing, I don't like raising hairs on people, I don't like, you know, I mean I obviously have my opinions on so many matters but I don't want this to become a battleground, I want it just to be a place of like pure people coming to see animals but at the same time even when it comes to animal stuff I don't tend to post about like like for example animals. the
1: fundraising that you had
0: yeah so fundraising was purely it was still product based on like Charlie mm-hmm. thing I wouldn't talk about like how animals are abused and like even mm-hmm. though it does happen I'm freaking mm-hmm. boils my blood yeah. but but I don't talk about that because it's such a like everyone knows like I don't want to bring up these topics again at least not on my thing there are enough portals mm-hmm. I don't need to do it and there are few times when I bring up certain things uh, but I tend to be a little more. Uh, I, I'm very like I don't bring up politics. I don't bring mm-hmm. up uh, touchy subjects. I'm 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 a little safe like that. And I don't know why it is. I, Sometimes I think maybe it's because I was brought up in Abu Dhabi where you keep your opinions to yourself. <laughs> but uh, also maybe become brought up with siblings where you keep your opinions to yourself so you don't raise up <laughs> and kind of thing. But but I I just think it's nicer. Um, it makes you happier again it's back from the same thing it just mm-hmm. makes me happier not not raising everyone's hairs and stuff like that um, yeah what I plan to do is I hope that I have more balls to have more fundraisers yeah. and uh, that's the only thing I really truly where I, I never really wanted to change the world or anything I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people I mean I'm really not that kind of person uh, but but if I can change like animals well, that's different like I would love to do little things for them yeah.
1: Mm. So even even though you're not a person who wants to change the world, you are a person who is extremely happy <laughs> and who also makes people So I'm talking to you for the past two hours, i I'm very happy.
2: You. Oh, yes, so, thank
1: <laughs> but, you so much. Oh no
2: so, oh, thank
1: you so much. No, did I? <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you it so much.
0: Thank you. A um I think I talked to you for like two more hours now. But yeah, I'm
1: <laughs> <go on.
0: laughs> But, uh, no, thank you. And, like, thank you for coming. And for the plant, it's adorable. It's lovely. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Thank you.
1: Thank Bye. you. Thank you for tuning in to that episode. I hope you had fun listening to it. If you liked it, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. As by doing that, it will help reach more people. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles for both are U-D-A-Y-A-N-A-D-H-Y-E. That is Udayan You can also find the show notes of this particular episode on www.udayanaddeh.com forward slash podcast. I hope to see you very soon again in two weeks. Till then, please take care. Bye.